Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opelouski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing better than I was earlier because we got to visit for yeah. about 10 or 15 minutes before we started recording. And uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, if there's something, I think we start a lot of the conversations this way, a lot of the podcasts, but I literally having good friends that you can be honest with is, is a blessing from God. So yep. if you get nothing else out of this podcast, right, out of this video, just make sure you have good friends that you can be honest with because that's uh, it's such a relief. And today, speaking of, of uh, good friends and, and all that, we we're going to talk about what you learned. This is kind of an annual tradition now, yep. podcast number 122. Uh, is we you get to tell us kind of what you learned during the previous year. What are the insights? And you know, from your perspective, you get to see not just your congregation as most of us do, or your organization as most of us do. You you're a part of multiple organizations and congregations and staff members and people that attend and lead pastors. And so, your perspective on what you learned is such a valuable thing for all of us. So, uh, what'd you learn in 2021? Well, uh, this is, like you said, Jim, this is kind of an annual tradition. I don't know why I landed on three. I, I promise you, I did learn more than three things last year. <laughs> these are the, I think these are the three, like, uh, big lessons for me. Uh, it seems like every year there's two or three things that are um, significant uh, moments of aha for me or uh, maybe something that I've been challenged with for a while, and I finally am seeing some light at the end of that tunnel. Right. And, uh, and you know, my intention with all of this is to internalize those things. You know, I don't want to learn the same three things this year that I right. learned last year, right? I, I don't want to take a lap around uh, that mountain again. So um, here, here are the most important things, I think, for me that I learned, and maybe some of them will speak to our listeners and watchers. Here's the first one. Yeah. What worked in one season may not work in another. Painful lesson, right? Yeah. Because it felt like the old stuff was just starting to work. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and, and the context of that for me is a 2020 uh, when, when COVID was foisted on us, right? The pandemic yeah. really came to, to bear um, there was, it was an amazing year for Converge Coaching. It, and it seems kind of counterintuitive, right? There was just this miraculous provision, right? right. In 2020, right. Uh, uh, when, when the, when the uh, pandemic hit, it became official and there was quarantine and all of that, you know, it threw some of our plans in 2020 into turmoil. Sure. We yeah. had some cancellations, we had some postponements and some delays and, and all of those, Jim, were threatening to derail our year. Right. And, and miraculously, no derailment occurred in 2020 for us. Um, yeah. Almost every month in 2020, there was an unexpected door that was open to us, uh, clients that would surprise us with over-the-top honorariums and and yeah. gifts to us. Uh, uh, it was a rough year for our world, but a God year, a record-setting year for our ministry. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, wow, this is so amazing, right? God, this is so good. And then we got off to this really fast start in the first quarter of 2021. And I thought, okay, Hey, it's going to be a repeat of 2020. Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't yeah. a repeat yeah. of 2020. Um, and you know, Jim, I don't know about you. I, I'd like you to speak to this. I think I get stuck in a rut sometimes in my thinking. 
Yeah. You know, like I, I make assumptions like, you know, God is going to do things this year the same way he did things last year. Yeah. I don't know. Do you ever think like that or am I an oddball? Yeah. No, I, I, boy, I'm trying to find a good analogy that doesn't get me in trouble. But uh, yeah, I've been married 33 years as of January 14, 33 years. Same woman, same vows, uh, same commitments, right? Sickness and health, richer, poorer, love and share, so death to us part. That does not mean that the marriage has been a repeat of 33 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, is, it isn't 33 one-year periods played over 30. It's every year is different. And my wife is a, a combination lock that changes from time to time. And I have to discover that new combination to unlock yeah. her heart to me again and again and again. And I'm sure vice versa. You know what I mean? I The old analogy where uh, uh, you see the dashboard of a 747 and it says the soul of a woman. And then a man just like a one toggle switch on and off with a red light. You know, that, that's probably oversimplifying it, but it, but it's not far, you know, as well kind of from the truth as far as an illustration goes. So I, I think that pastoring a church has been, you know, the better you were at being consistent, the better you were, you know, measuring the right things, having the right disciplines, developing the right people, putting the right places. And then, like you're saying, all of a sudden, it, it's like a woman who, who just then changes. You're still in love. There's still a commitment. But you have to evolve as the lover to to continue to be effective in that in that covenant, and pastoring has has been that. You know, yeah. we're you know this many people, and I, those you're listening, I, you know, my hands are right spread out. Then diminish it by twenty percent. That's what happened to our congregations. But where did the twenty percent go? Nobody really knows. So we had to find a way to reconnect with them to find out they're going to another church. They moved away. They passed away. They no longer care. Oh, we've been online every week. This is our new way of, of being a part of our church is by watching online. I mean, that's that's a completely different set of numbers to unlock that that combination lock than it was a year before. And so 2021 comes along and we're going to use all the answers from 2020. Well, it, it right. the crisis is over, but a lot of things that were that were rare and new solidified as normal during 2021. And so, no, it's not over. And I. I would say it's been good for us because we have to go back to asking the right questions, not just the effective ones. Right. You know, we'll find the right answers by asking the, the, the right questions. So church growth is not a formula anymore. It's, it's love. It's romance. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's finding the need. It's becoming the ministry. It's evolving to reach, to serve. And that's, that's completely different than it was in 2019, 2020. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, if you're listening today or watching today and you're wondering, maybe you're wondering that, you know, things, why did things in 2021 seem to work differently yeah. than the year before, or maybe weren't working at all? Yeah. It, it, you know, maybe it's possible that you're clinging to the way things have worked in the past. I know I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And, and today represents a new season that might be calling for you to make adjustments to your strategy, you know? So this is this first one. And, and for me, it was a, it was an aha moment, Jim, because I got locked in in 2020 to this, this miraculous season. It was a miraculous season, right? Yeah. 2021 was a season of planting and watering because we yeah. could meet with pastors again. We could, we could be face to face again. And yeah. so it, I don't know if God works like this, but here's what it felt like. Okay. So yeah. don't criticize me. If you say God doesn't work like that, get, you know, John, read your Bible, <laughs> but here's what it felt like. It felt like he said, all right, 
2020 was 2020 because that's what 2020 needed to be. I'm I'm closing that off. And you're going to have to do it a different way in 2021. <laughs> yeah. And and so I know that can be hard for us like that what worked last year doesn't seem to be as effective this year. So all I would say to you is accept that and start adjusting, start yes. innovating. So Jim, that's the first one. Yeah, right. Find what does work. Find find how to love. Find how to serve. Right. Look for needs. Fill them. Where are people? Meet them there. You know, whether it's a virtual world or a coffee shop or Sunday morning. Don't get discouraged by by looking at old indicators. Right. You know, uh, attendance being one of those. How many people in your groups? And I, I'm not saying those aren't valuable indicators, but they're they used to be almost they're almost too valuable back in 2019. And we had to find a different way to number. I ask people how many people are in your church right now. Most people can't answer that question. They still have no idea because they don't know how to how to quantify who is a part of my church and who isn't anymore. It really, it really has changed. So, and that's good because the change causes us to have to ask questions that church planters ask. As as a church planning director, they're asking all the right questions right up front because they're trying to reach unreached people. Well. People who have an established church are kind of asking different questions. Right? How do I keep the people I have fed or happy or engaged? But they're not trying to reach people. Well, then everybody scatters. Everybody's trying to reach somebody now. So good, good questions are, are being asked. Yeah. And I would just say this as an encouragement to, you know, just to piggyback on what you said. Yeah. Um, most pastors that we talk to, Jim, are telling us, hey, we don't know where a lot of these people that used to come are. But we've, yeah. we, we're seeing new New growth, new individuals. We're seeing people who are brand new in the faith who are coming. And and so I love that. And and I think that um I think that that is encouraging. I it's very encouraging to me to see that happening. So so that's the first one. Yeah. What you know, what worked last year might not work this year. Here's the second one. Real unity is active, not passive. Yes. Um well, I think we both know, and I think everyone who's listening or watching would agree that unity is important. It matters. Yeah. Um, you know, Psalm 133 kind of unpacks some of the amazing benefits of organizational or even maybe family unity. I think you could take yeah. that Psalm and apply it to a family or to a, a, a church or a business. And, and the writer says this, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Yeah. And, uh, and and King David tells us that this type of unity is precious or in, or in other words, that word carries the idea of uncommon. Yeah. And, and so I think one of the things I realized in 2021, Jim, I think I should have known this, right? But it just came clear to me in 2021 that unity doesn't materialize out of thin air. Yeah. We have to cultivate it. Yeah. So as a leader, you know, as a leader, I think most leaders hope adults will act like adults. <laughs> I'm laughing because it, it seems a reasonable expectation, yet those who might expect that universally will be universally disappointed. That's that. right. Yeah. 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 You know, we. I, I think that adults will, will learn how to resolve conflict together without you as the leader having to step in, you know, without you as a parent having to step in with your grown children, perhaps, without you as a business leader having to step into that with people who are are of age. Let me put it yeah. that way. Yeah. And, and here's the reality is that humans get stuck occasionally 
and need a third party to help them get unstuck. So what yes. do you think about that, Jim? Yeah, I, the second. You know, I think back to the marriage analogy, you know, again, there are seasons that unity is not an issue. And then there's seasons where it's it's almost the only issue, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and because there's a covenant, because there's a commitment and a relationship that goes both ways, both parties are responsible to work on, you know, we're coming back to unity, which often involves, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tell young couples are getting married, like after one wedding, there needs to be two funerals. So there can be one marriage that both, both of you as individuals will have to die to become this, you know, the two becoming one is not, you know, the male jellyfish approaching the female jellyfish. It's, it's more like the male rhino, you know, approaches the female rhino because, because it requires unity requires death. We, we have mm. to die to what we want to, to agree to something yeah. that we kind of don't want. Um, but is better than me getting what I want. If I win and my wife loses, we both lose. If we both lose, we both win. And I think the same thing's true in a church. Well, if we can agree on the things that we agree on, and man, the, the book of Acts is, you know, we've got people from all over the known world. The Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. It goes from 120 to thousands, and they have different customs and foods and languages and clothing. Yeah. And, and but with Jesus being their everything, they found that they had everything in common with other people who had Jesus as their everything. And when there was an issue, like, you know, the, the Greek widows being overlooked or meat sacrificed to idols or when, you know, when I think at any point they said, hey, Jesus is the poster child for our cause. So mm-hmm. we're right and everybody else is wrong. There was always division. And when they said Jesus is more important than our cause, they, were, they always worked it out. You know, yep. they always worked out, you know, the, the, the Grecian widows, they're Gentiles. They're being overlooked by the Jews. It's racism. But instead of forming the, the Greek wives matter movement, you know what I mean? They they formed a, a coalition around Jesus and said he's more important. So choose from among yourselves. They, they fixed the problem. They didn't say, oh, you're wrong to have the problem. They fixed the problem. So I, I think, I think, boy, we are, you know, we're, we're just as much living with the same questions as the first century church. We, yeah. we, we dare not arrive at different answers. And that unity, the last prayer that Jesus prays in peace, right? Father, let them be one. That's so this is not a minor issue. All men will know you're my disciples if you love each other. Um, you know, love the Lord your God, love your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. These are, this is, I, I, we've said it before, this is not just a commandment. I think, I think what has been tested in these last couple of years has shown us areas that need a lot of work. Yeah. And, and how do we succeed? I think you're right. It's an active, I will, if you claim Jesus as the Messiah, as your Savior, as your Lord, then, then that's, that's the main thing we need to have in common. Now, beyond that, whether you eat meat sacrificed to idols or whether you, read the passion translation or the yeah. message translation or the King James version or the, you know, all, all of those things are worthy conversations, but they come second to the conversation about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, um, I think that we tend to think that all of this is going to happen by itself. And I believe it has to be contended for. Yes. It requires uncomfortable conversations to be had many yeah. times wrapped in love and respect. Uh, we have to work at it. It won't emerge on its own, but it, it, David says it's precious. Uh, yeah. It's uncommon. And, uh. and you know, the, the church that really understands this, the pastor that really understands this, that, that this is a culture he or she is going to have to work at creating yeah. and cultivating yeah. Uh, because the normal course of beha- human behavior will not result 
in this uncommon unity, but it matters so much, Jim. It really, really yeah. matters. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking recently, I was reading uh, Matthew 9. Can I say one more thing about this? Or we, sure. No, go ahead. There, there's two blind men and they're crying out, son of David, have mercy on us. And the thought came to me, why are there two blind men? It, it makes sense that a blind man and a leper or a blind man and a deaf man or a blind man and a person who can't walk, you know, that why? And, and it occurred to me that that people that have unresolved pain tend to gravitate towards others with the same unresolved pain. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So so our, our factions are not proof of our righteousness. Our factions are proof of our pain. Mm. And the algorithms of social media, as soon as we say, I like this candidate, or I, I think this is wrong, or it starts to minimize those whom we have contact with until all we get is sound bites of people that are that are attacking the people that we would we'd like to attack, but we're not that eloquent. And mm-hmm. so all you get is the social commentators and the people that make a living basically out of beating up other people verbally or causing division or problems. And and eventually we realize we think like we everybody thinks this way because everybody on my feed of Twitter, everybody on my feed of Facebook, whatever it is, everybody believes what I believe. Everybody mm-hmm. and everybody that's smart like me is you know demolishing those that are stupid like you. And, you know, so it really is a, it's the blind leading the blind. Literally those two guys in Matthew chapter nine, it was the blind leading the blind. And it wasn't until they saw Jesus, which is kind of an oxymoron for two blind guys. But when they saw Jesus and, and he said, do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Do you believe that I can do this? And they said, yes, Lord, not just yes, but yes, mm-hmm. Lord. they conceded to, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They could, they could see what they couldn't see before. And what they saw when they opened their eyes was him. And a man of yeah. the church could have any, you know, I know that's a sermon, but it's it's not. It's like, like be careful of, of the echo chambers of thought that, that exclude Jesus or use him as their spokesperson for American exceptionalism or politics or like, stop. Jesus is, is the king of the kingdom. And, you know, those sorts of thoughts. It's such yeah. a. It's such an important time to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Absolutely. And, and everything else is secondary. Yep. So good. So so the first one, again, was what worked in one season might not work in another. Yep. Real unity is active, not passive. And here's the third one. Major success and major challenges often run in parallel. Okay. Yeah. Let me explain that. Yeah. So Christ's birth was a mixture of awesomeness and horribleness. Yeah. There were the angelic announcements to the shepherds. There was the arrival of the Magi. Yeah. And then you had King Herod, right, who ordered the slaughter of all boys under the age of two in the vicinity. Yeah. So you had spectacular and horrible running in parallel with each other. And as I reflect back on 2021, Jim, the highs were high. Yeah. And the lows, they were really low yeah. in 2021. And it can get confusing because when you're riding the crest of the high, you think, man, this, this is just the way it's going to be. Why is this nasty thing happening at the same time? All these good things are going on. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm wondering, Jim, if this is really the normal course of life. Yeah. You know, that, that hey, you can be experiencing incredible progress in your professional life and incredible problems at the same time. Yeah. Or, and that works personally too. Yeah. You can, you can have, you can be experiencing wonderful health in your personal life and simultaneously be dealing with major struggles. 
yeah. in your personal life. And if you're a, like an either or person or either or person, they're not a both and person, this will drive you crazy, right? <laughs> because, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I think if we don't understand this one, Jim, we'll, we'll live life on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Right. You know, and we'll that's vacillate. A, that's a good picture. Yeah. It will vacillate between hope and despair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, joy and sorrow. Right. I, I don't know. What do you think about this? This third. Yeah. I, it was a comedian, but I, but I thought the comedian made a very valid point. He, he said, life is a variety of ups and downs and Jesus promised to give us life more abundantly. <laughs> and and it, it, you know, as much as he, he got a, a giggle out of the crowd, I, I think it's a pretty, you know, the people that followed him certainly experienced joy that they could have never experienced without following him. And most of them were murdered because they followed him. Both, yeah. both statements were true. Right. So I, I, I think it's a great observation. I think what, what's nice about once you say it, once you verbalize it, I now have a box to put the reality of my life into yeah. that, that feels like it's not out of control, if that makes sense. Because yeah. the highs are not really that encouraging if the lows are that discouraging. And the lows can't really be that discouraging if the highs are actually that encouraging. You end up kind of, you know, in a malaise instead of a, a celebration of, of life. So I, I think that that observation, it, it helps me know when I'm having a bad moment to also stop and count the good moments that I've had recently and, and let, let the one temper the other, if that makes yeah. sense. Because because faith is not a promise for, I mean, this is in heaven, right? There's a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, and we're stuck in between those things, choosing who we're going to trust. That that really is life in a nutshell. This isn't Miami Beach. This is Omaha Beach. And there are there are some pretty scary realities to our everyday life. And so to have the, the comfort to know that, you know, Jesus said, in this life, you will have persecution, you'll have tribulation, you'll have right. trouble. Okay, then when I have it, I'm not a victim. This is what I should be expecting. And right. in this life, you have joy unspeakable and full of glory. When I have it, I, I shouldn't be afraid of losing it. This is this is normal, and that is normal, and and that is the Christian life is the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. Because when you love, you're going to get hurt like nobody else, and you're going to experience joy like nobody else. That's, there you go. That's the way it works. So that's I, such a I, great example of that. Yeah, I I think though you just verbalizing it though is going to help me. And help those that are listening and watching to say, okay, there, there actually is a sane container to put the insanity of my life into. Yeah, that that makes sense. You know, yeah. So that's, yeah. And I think, and I, as I've thought about this one, Jim, I, I came to this thought conclusion, and I, I don't know if it's totally accurate. I think that it's true that life is never all good or all bad. Yeah. No. It's always a mixture. Yeah. Right. Of, of the two, often with both happening in close proximity. Uh, to each other and it can get confusing uh sometimes but because it confused me uh, i'll just be so i'll be transparent yeah. i mean i i thought the first quarter of 2021 was unbelievable yeah and the second quarter i get covid and i'm sick for five weeks yeah not a very good quarter no. on a lot of levels no and um and you know the year was like that and and I felt um, confused by it, I guess, Jim, for a while. I yeah. was like, God, I don't understand this. And then the aha moment was, mm-hmm. look, this stuff runs together. Yeah. You can see it in scripture. And if you really, yeah. truly take an honest look back at your life, you would say that that's the same. 
yeah. that, that life is this wonderful mix of greatness and, and, and things that aren't so great. And, and the, the better I, and I love the idea that you said, you know, I can now put this in a box that makes some sense to me. Right. And the better we can do that, I, I think um, the more stable you'll be, right? The more, uh, the better leader you'll be because yeah. you're not writing the, you're not writing yeah. the, uh, whatever the new one is at Cedar Point, the new roller coaster. I've lost track. I'm not a youth pastor yeah. anymore. So I don't and know. The Blue Street, right? Isn't that the new one? Oh, no, 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 no. That's the one that's like 80 years old or something <laughs> like that. We're the ones that are like 80 years old. That's, that's <laughs> okay. I know that. But yeah, there is this, there's a leader saying the he who can keep his head when all others lose theirs, something, yeah. right? There's that. I think, I think that observation of, again, wisdom would stay calm where inexperience would panic. Right. Wisdom, wisdom would not get too far into, uh, you know, leaning in towards pride. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at this without, you know, I've heard people say life is like baseball. If you struck out last time you're up or you got a home run last time you're up, it, it really doesn't matter because you're up again. You mm-hmm. know, there, there is a batting average. There is a score, but it's still you against nine guys that are good at their job every day when you wake up. Yep. And so if you got a home run yesterday, that, that's no guarantee you're going to even connect with the ball this time. It just means that was a good day and celebrate it. And this time you struck out. That's that's baseball. That's, you yeah. know, that's why we, we when somebody has a batting average of 400, we, we talk about it because it's so rare to get on base four out of 10 times. You know? Right. It's, it's one guy against nine and it's you against every day you wake up. It's you against a lot. But, you know, you're um, I don't know, just it's temporary. We win the game in the end. And that's comforting, you know? So I I would encourage those who are listening or watching today to, to be reflective, think about, and I don't want you to be reflective to the point where you get stuck and you're not thinking about this year at all, but I think it's always good to take the year into account and say, God, what were the, what were the big ones? You know, what were the big things that you just laid on me this year that really were meaningful, that really were transformational and let those things sink deeply into your mind right. and into your heart and carry you forward into 2022. Uh, I said it earlier, I don't want to take another lap around these same three mountains in 2022. I, I want to learn them and I want them to propel me into this year. And I believe that you and I, Jim, genuinely want the same for those who are listening or watching today. So, Jim, that's what I've got today. Yeah, I think you get smart by reading a book. I think you get wise by observing your life. The unobserved life does, is a wasted life. And to have that that time, e- even if our life doesn't parallel exactly what you just, your three things, that's not our three things, the exercise itself is fruitful for us to go back. What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about my family? What did I learn about ministry? And really, it, it happens so quickly and so consistently, It's I think it's hard to be wise if you don't stop and actually write down, I learned this. Once you do that, it is, it's yours. You get to take that to heaven with you. Yep. you know? And Jim, I do that through yeah. the year. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, get to the end of the year with nothing on the, on the list. Yeah. Um, right. As the year unfolded, something big came to me. It went in my journal. And yeah. so it's a compilation of really being, I think, you know what? It's a compilation of being reflective throughout the year. Yeah. And, um, and so we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, because we love you and we want you to uh, just have more stability in your leadership in your life. And uh, because we know everybody benefits when, when that happens. Right on. Well, John, thank you for your insights and your heart for leaders and especially for, 
for pastors. And uh, if, if someone wanted to continue this conversation with you, how would, how would they do that? Super easy. They just go to our website, convergecoach.com and click the contact us link. And that starts a conversation with us. Right on. That's simple. Uh, you're a click away from a conversation that doesn't cost you a thing and can benefit you for the rest of your life. So God bless you, our watchers and, and listeners. We are here uh, for the one express reason of, you know, the, the vision of Converge Coaching. It, it's to help. It's to, to help you grow so you can help grow things and, and to do it in a healthy way, a repeatable way. So you won't be a boss. You'll be a father. You'll be a mother, you know. And uh, so God bless you. You're in our prayers and in our hearts and in our thoughts. And we look forward to, to uh, meeting with you again soon as you continue to lead from the line.